Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherry DeBrink here with Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. We're only in the first week of May and there's already plenty to get into throughout Mississippi. We'll stop first today in Greenville to talk about a bicentennial event. Free Comic Book Day is tomorrow. Philip Rollins will tell us about that. We'll learn about the Mississippi Hispanic Association. There's barbecue in Yazoo, and Deborah Hunter will join us for a special recipe. You can give us a call to let us know about any local events going on in your area this weekend. The number is 877-MPB-RING or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent here with Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. We're only in the first week of May. There's already plenty to get into throughout the state. We'll stop first today in Greenville to talk about a bicentennial event. The bicentennial celebrations are still going on all around the state. Also, Free Comic Book Day is tomorrow. Philip D.J. Venom Rollins is going to tell us about that. We'll learn about the Mississippi Hispanic Association. There's barbecue in Yazoo. And Deborah Hunter, host of Deep South Dining, is going to come in, uh, call in rather, and tell us about a, a Mexican-inspired recipe. So I'm excited about that. Deborah's food is always great. So that'll be later on in the show. But we'd love to hear from you this morning, listeners, if you'd like to join the conversation and let us know about any events going on in your area today. You know, it is Cinco de Mayo. So if you want to tell us about some Cinco de Mayo related events, we'd love to hear from you. 877-672-7464 or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. Good morning to you, Mary Margaret. How are you this morning? Good morning, Sherita. I'm great. It's uh, wild that it's already Friday. I feel like Monday was yesterday. It's been one of those weeks that's just flown by. But, yeah. um, you know, always my favorite time of the week right here with you at MPB. Oh, I am trying to stay warm. It has been cold these past couple of days, and I've not been happy about it. I well, had to turn on the heat yesterday. <laughs> I thought about you when we had the cold snap. I said, oh my goodness, Sharita's probably already put away the, the fleece vest and the toboggan. She's probably dying over there. But uh, yeah, you know, I was not prepared for this little cold snap, but you know, it's Mississippi, and we're going to be complaining about the heat in no time. So we just yep, have that's to. True. We just got to enjoy it, y'all. We got to. We got to put on our jeans and just bear through. Yeah, it's going to be in the 80s next week. It, it'll be in the 70s today, but it's just been surprising. I, I don't know that we typically get this kind of weather in May, so it's just been interesting. I did get to visit uh, the Up and Farms Market yesterday. Oh, great. The food hub. It's right there on Woodrow Wilson, and it is really nice. They were packing these farm packs. I actually walked in the freezer area where they were packing these farm packs, and they had all kinds of fresh vegetables in there, uh, bok choy, squash, uh, straight neck squash. There's also a thing called crook, crook neck squash. Okay, I had yeah. no idea about, <laughs> so I was excited to learn that. Um, so yeah, the Up and Farms, they're really doing a good job at trying to distribute local foods. The, the food is from local farmers, so they're trying, they're doing a good job to make sure that 
folks in Mississippi are eating healthy. Um, so you can Google that up in farms if you want to find out more information because they just give you, you don't, you don't, you have to buy it, but you get a big box full of fresh veggies and they do a good job of keeping them cool and making sure they're protected before they get to you. And um, some of the farmers and some of their products are in local restaurants and everything. So it's a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually had the opportunity to tour up in farms as well. And they're really kind of figuring out this disconnect between um, what the farmers are growing and what restaurants need and, and how the distribution works. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really just a smart model. And you know, this isn't just a Jackson project. I know that Up in Farms is offering those farm packs, those boxes of fresh produce. Um, even over in Greenwood, we're going to be talking to some folks in Greenwood later about Q on the Yazoo. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of this Up in Farms produce on some of these grills this weekend. Yeah, it's just something about buying local produce. It feels different for me as opposed to just being in the the franchise grocery store when I am at a farmer's market and I get to talk to the farmer or whoever was out there in the field making the food, uh, you know, growing, it just feels different. I feel like I'm supporting a good cause. Well, I totally agree. And I'll tell you this very quick, funny story. The day that I toured up in farms, um, they invited one of their farmers, uh, you know, to join us and talk a bit about his operation. And he was growing squash and zucchini primarily. And Mm -hmm. I was telling him about my veggie spiralizer, you know, the zoodle make. You know what I'm talking about? No. Everybody's got one of these things now. It's literally (laughs) you put your your squash in this little gadget and you twist it and it makes noodles. It's like a good replacement for the carby pasta. Right. And so I was telling this farmer about my zoodle maker. And I mean, he, you would have thought I was from Mars. He was like, what (laughs) is this lady talking about? I said, look, we're going to get you a zoodle maker. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, Did you do any traveling within the state this week? Yeah, I did. I spent two and a half days. Um, in Biloxi, uh, down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I was there for uh, the National Park Service Collaboration Clinic. It was a great gathering of our three national heritage areas here Mm -hmm. in Mississippi. We've got the Hills National Heritage Area, the Delta National Heritage Area, and the Gulf Coast National Heritage Area. So these three groups are coming together to, um, you know, learn how to work together. Um, They're already doing a lot of cool things, but uh, just kind of keeping the momentum going forward. And for those of our um, listeners who do a lot of traveling and visit state parks and and national parks, there's this program called the the Passport Program. So anytime you visit a national park, you can have your passport stamped from Yellowstone or, you know, um, from Arches or wherever. Well, you can also do that all throughout Mississippi. So um, when you're in the Delta, the Hills or the Gulf Coast, there's many locations where you can go and have your passport stamped and and build up your portfolio. So uh, I encourage everybody to check out that uh, National Heritage Area Passport Program. It'd be a fun thing to do with kids or grandkids. And Mm -hmm. you get to visit a lot of great sites, um, you know, and get to know people. It's really neat. Yeah, that sounds cool. Well, we have Chandler Griffin on the line. We're going to speak with him in just a moment about this uh, really cool bicentennial project they're doing in Greenville. But first, we have a caller. Michelle wants to tell us about an event in Meridian. Hi, Michelle. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, Just don't have all the details with me because I'm driving, but um, we have four events in Meridian this weekend. I know there's probably more, but we have Earth Bounty Farmer's Market on Saturday morning. We have Meridian Little Theater prevent, uh, presenting 9 to 5 uh, musical. We have uh, the Meridian Symphony uh, Saturday is doing Beethoven in Blue Jeans, their last performance. And then the big event, another big one, is the Jimmy Rogers Music Festival. Jimmy Rogers, the father of country music, 
and that's this weekend. And one of the headliners is Winona uh, Judd and the Big Noise. So uh, wow. lots of events in Meridian going on. Wow, sounds good. Yeah, just a place to be this weekend. Excited about the Jimmy Rogers Music Festival, man. Mm -hmm. They are really doing good stuff over there. And I'll tell you what, one of my favorite bands, Reckless Kelly, is playing tonight. So I can't go. Somebody buy me a T-shirt or get me a, (laughs) you know, a guitar pick or something like that. Right. All right. Uh, Michelle, thank you. Great information coming out of Meridian. We appreciate your call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, now we're going to transition and uh, go to Greenville for our first stop of the show. And Chandler Griffin is on the line, and we're going to learn about this cool bicentennial-related event that they're doing there. Good morning to you, Chandler. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you? Doing great. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the, the, the Bicentennial Film Festival. Uh, who have you partnered with to make this thing a success? So, you know, this is a statewide project that we're doing this year for the Bicentennial uh, with Blue Magnolia Films. And so, you know, we have uh, completed a workshop in Clarksdale. We've completed a workshop in Ocean Springs, and we're currently in Greenville. And in June, we'll be in Oxford and Sumner. And then, you know, we're talking with Laurel right now, and Woodville has received the Bicentennial Grant to participate in the program. And so we're just going all over the state, giving community members the opportunity, using an iPhone 7 Plus, Um, giving them the opportunity to tell their own story. We traditionally bring in people from the outside to help tell Mississippi's story. And this is really about Mississippians, 100 Mississippians across the state having the chance to tell their own story through audio storytelling and photography. So you've got uh, 10 participants in 10 communities, uh, you know, telling these great Mississippi stories. Chandler, tell us a little bit about the people participating in the workshops, particularly what you guys are doing in Greenville this week. Sure. Yeah. Um, So we have 10 participants um, in the Greenville workshop. Um, You know, we have, um, you know, Betty Lynn Cameron, who's one of the founders of the Delta Hot Tamale Festival. She's doing a story on on the festival and really about the, the the, um, the, the, per, the people who make the hot tamales and, and what these women did to, to start this. We've also got um, Benji Nelkin, who's really looking at the Jewish culture in Greenville and really sort of paying tribute to, to that story. We've got Raymond Wong, who's focusing on St. Joseph Catholic School. Um, we've got, you know, we've got a great story um, um, one of our participants is doing on Bill Boykin and the downtown development that he's doing uh, in Greenville. It's really, uh, really amazing. And, um, you know, all of these these photo stories will be um, projected outdoors back to the community on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Saturday at 8 p.m. at Sheldon Park, we're like, you know, they're turning it into a huge event where, the event is going to start at 5, and they're going to have all these, you know, they're going to have a DJ. They're going to have, like, a thing for kids and face painting, and there are going to be hot tamales and barbecue. And uh, so that's at 5. And then at 8, we're actually going to screen about 30 minutes of photo stories, again, that are from Greenville and screening back to Greenville made by, you know, made by community members. And it's a really amazing opportunity to, um, you know, give people the chance to tell their own stories in a really uh, beautiful and respectful way that, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a very empowering thing for really for all of us. 
Wow, that sounds really good. So I guess looking forward to the future, what are you hoping that these photo stories will do for the community or as far as revitalization is concerned? It's a great question. So, you know, one of the um, end products is we're going to have these little three-minute videos from each participant. But when this project is over, each participant will select one to two photos, and we print those photos five feet wide, and we're going to put them up in windows in downtown Greenville. So there's a lot of massive big windows that, you know, buildings that aren't being used right now. And the goal is to clean those windows, put these huge photos up. And again, these store these photos are from the community. And there'll be a sound there'll be text underneath from the story that helps that helps you understand and have some context to the image. And there's also a QR code on the bottom left of each photo. And that allows you to scan the QR code and that little three minute video will immediately play on your smartphone. And so it's a very, it's, a, it's an interactive way to uh, share the stories. And so we're calling it um, a walkable gallery. And this is a statewide thing. So Clarksdale already has their photos. It's got 17 five foot photos up in their downtown. Um, that we launched during Juke Joint um, a couple of weekends ago. And, you know, one of the participants had a 1,000 plays in one day because of the QR code on their photo. So it's a, hmm. it's a really, really cool way to, um, you know, not just make it about a photo, but really make it about a story and allow just the random person who walks by and, and is engaged by that photo, it allows them to really um, interact and, and, and get a little more information and meaning. Well, and I, I was able to experience the images in Clarksdale, and, and they're really incredible. I mean, these are beautiful photographs, very engaging photographs, and it's very encouraging to me that um, we're seeing local people, many of whom have maybe never taken a creative picture before, um, showcasing their work through technology that most of us have in our pockets. It's really remarkable. And speaking of that technology in our pockets, you know, Chandler, y'all are going to do the screening uh, this Saturday at Shelburne Park. You're going to have the walkable gallery available in downtown Greenville, but this is um, an experience most people can access uh, through social media. Yeah, exactly. Um, on you know Blue Magnolia Films, our Facebook page, you know we've been sharing the photo stories from Clarksdale and from Ocean Springs, and you know as soon as we wrap this workshop, uh, the fo- the stories from Greenville will be live. Um, so next week, you know, if you just go to our social media, go to our Facebook page, um, you're going to see all those stories. Um, another quick thing I wanted to point out, you know, Mary, Mary, we were talking about, you know, using an iPhone. You know, we have a woman, um, Sylvia, in our workshop who's 82 years old, and she's doing a photo story on a 100-year-old woman in the community. And uh, she's using an iPhone, and she's u- using a little audio recorder to get um, the woman's story. And it's just amazing that we're sitting there watching you know, we've had we had a 13 year old in the class uh, about a month ago, and now we've got an 82 year old woman. And so it really the technology allows everyone to participate. Wow, that's really cool. Um, could you talk a little bit more, Chandler, about this medium of stories and why you chose to uh, use this particular media, medium uh, and in this platform? Yeah, um, you know, you know, we 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 see you know stories are a really powerful powerful agent. Uh, to uplift communities and, and really renew um, a sense of place uh, in addition to culture, you know, identity um, and, and, and values. You know, and this is a, this is a bicentennial uh, project. And, you know, we're working with communities to, to, to reclaim those aspects 
um, upon which, you know, future generations can build. And what we've always done in Mississippi with our storytelling is looked at it really as, a, as we're creating um, um, a time capsule. We're preserving our story, our story of, of, of resilience. And I think that um, mainstream media is famous for uh, not doing such a great job of telling the positive story of Mississippi. And mm. all the stories that we're producing are really looking at Mississippi in a positive light. Um, and I think that's what the community, um, you know, it helps, um, you know, a town's perception of itself, um, you know, um, which changes, you know, the message we portray on the outside. So this is a lot of, like, internal work that small towns are doing to realize their assets and realize how important their story is. Yeah, I think this could be beneficial in many cities because when you live in a city, sometimes you take for granted what the city's story is. and you. Sure don't necessarily have a sense of identity and until somebody else comes in a tourist and then they see all these things that your city has to offer and you're thinking oh i didn't know that or you, you realize that you're not as knowledgeable and as prideful uh proud as you you should be so this is this is really good i think for uh city pride and and for redeveloping regaining your identity within these cities yeah, Chandler, we, yeah. we do appreciate this work. And this is a project you've partnered with, um, particularly in Greenville with the mayor's office. It's part of a what they're calling a One Greenville project. So it's this way to really bring together um, different personalities, different experiences to talk about what's good and right and uh, how the city can move forward together. Yeah, exactly. Look, I mean, this is, you know, we, we had you know, three meetings with the mayor, the mayor brought community members to the table to talk about the kind of stories that not that we wanted to tell, but that the community wanted to tell and that the community needed to tell. And so, you know, this is Main Street Greenville. This is the Washington County Economic Alliance. You know, this is the Greenville and Washington County Convention and Visitors Bureau. And then, of course, Bill Boykin is, is a huge uh, component of this project. We actually met Bill in Water Valley for a Mississippi Heritage Trust event where we were screening a documentary on Yalabusha. And Bill said, y'all got to come to Greenville. Y'all got to come to Greenville and help us tell our story. And that was, I don't know, six months ago. So. Well, Chandler, thank you so much for being on today. Could you remind us once again um, when the actual celebration is going to be, where, and what time? Sure. So it's Saturday, May the 6th. The event starts at 5 p.m., and that's really the community event where there's all kinds of, you know, vendors, and I think there's, like, face painting and all kinds of stuff for kids. The screening starts at 8 o'clock, and we'll, it'll probably run, you know, about an hour, and it's at Sheldon Park. And if you've ever been to Greenville, you know, um, Shelburne Park is right on the levee. It's it's the park that's like right on the river. There's kind of a big amphitheater there. And and the big thing is that this is a free event. It's really open to anyone who come wants to come and participate in celebrating Mississippi's story for the bicentennial. Excellent, Chandler. Thank you so much for being on today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, I just want to remind folks, you can search that hashtag MS200 to see some of these great images that uh, Blue Magnolia Films is helping to put out into the community. Look them up on Facebook and also uh, check out at uh, Greenville MS. Find some, some of this cool stuff happening there. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the events going on around the state in Mississippi. We'd love to hear from you. It is Cinco de Mayo. If you want to talk about um, uh, a related 
Cinco de Mayo event, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If it's just a a non-related Cinco de Mayo event and you want to tell us about any local events going on in your area, the number is 877-672-7464. That's 877-MPB-RING or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. And also in studio with us right now, Philip D.J. Young Venom Rollins. And we're going to speak with him about Free Comic Book Day, which is happening tomorrow. And he's going to be celebrating it at his super cool store, Offbeat. Uh, Venom, good morning. Thanks for being in today. Good morning. So let's talk about Offbeat first. Um, Offbeat is in the Midtown area. Yes. And could you just talk a little bit about Midtown and what it means for Jackson? Midtown is uh, our only arts district it's been around for a minute. It's been called different names of Millsaps Art District and North End, most commonly known as. And there's a lot of artist studios, a lot of DIY work being done by local artists. Uh, Pearl Glass Studio is down there and Gallery, D Plus P Designs, uh, Lucky Town Brewery is also down there. So mm-hmm. it's a really growing community and really tight knit between all the artists. And you're right in the middle of it with a really cool place called Offbeat. How did you come up with the name of your store? Um, it's basically a term for, I, I consider everything I see art, even from architecture and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't consider that it takes time to do comics and music and even toys. You have to do, you know, do a sketch and then do a sculpt to do even you know action figures and stuff like that. So I consider it all some people could say alternative art, alternative art, but I consider it offbeat art. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, that is cool. So tell tell me about your own attraction to comic books and because your store is a, a record shop, but there are comic books books in it and you also have events as well. So what was your motivation for making it a comic book store too? Um I grew up reading comics. My mom read comics, my grandfather read comics, and I used to read my mom's comics even though she told me not to. <laughs> and that's how I learned how to really read. I didn't know what a nightcrawler was or Wolverine was until she was like, You need to look it up if you don't know what it is. And it it really helped me out a lot growing up. And when you know, there were at the time when I said I was gonna do offbeat, there were no record there were no record stores. Well, we had one and it ended up closing a month before. But we haven't had a comic book store in over a decade. Wow. And I remember there being a few in one in Metro Center and one outside in, in uh, Fondren a long time ago. But now I was like, this is something that's needed to help with literacy. And people will be definitely, you know, gravitate towards it now because a lot of binge watching, you can binge read these comics. Now you don't have to do it for collector's purposes. You can just get mm. the, the sets. Yeah. So um, free comic books, uh, free comic book day is tomorrow, not free comic bookstore day. You're not going to get a free bookstore. <laughs> free comic book day is tomorrow. Do you believe that there is a comic book out there for everyone? There's a comic book there for everyone, um, all ages, from young to old. We have from Barbie to Archie to Guardians of the Galaxy to some more mature stuff for adult readers. 
and um we'll be having sales on all the comics that we have in shop already 20% off uh 25% off hardcovers um dollar comics uh from back issues that weren't picked up and it's it's a really good experience um i would really encourage everybody to come out um just to pick up one book at least uh, you can get as many you can get like at least one of each we want to get oh. you know one you can get cuz we're going to have at least a thousand comics there to give away wow. and i always end up with overstock so i really <laughs> would like to give all these comics away <laughs> and in addition to that we'll be doing a, we do we're also an art gallery so we're hosting the closing show for Kirksey Middle School and they're doing a show called Media and it's going to be from 12 to 2 so you can come out support the kids see their artwork that they did um, they did their interpretations of art that represents them from cartoons. Interesting. Well, I'm, re- I'm really glad you mentioned that, you know, you really learned to read from comics and both your mom and your grandfather were comic readers because I think there's this association that comics are just for kids. No, right? it's not true at all. It's not true at all. And considering that you have a lot of like The Walking Dead came from a comic book. Oh, and I a didn't lot know of people, that. A lot of people didn't don't know that. And um, uh, Road to Pert Edition, that's from a comic book. And so there's these really mature movies that coming out that came out or shows that came out. Um, a big one that's that's getting a lot of buzz is The Dark Tower that's written by Stephen King. That's a comic as well. So there is a lot of misinterpretations that comics are just for kids. They're really immature for people who are immature and stuff like that. But that's not true at all because you can find out a lot of stuff and you can get to some real personal stuff. And there's a lot of issues because Congressman John Lewis did a comic that won an award called March and based on his actual events. Um, in the civil rights movement. So there's, you know, a ton. There's really something for everybody out there. If you want to do from fantasy to biography, there's everything. There's a biography genre of <laughs> comics. That's really, really fascinating. Yeah. It is. So you're rocking a, a Luke Cage T-shirt today. I, I know. I'm so glad you asked about it. Yes. It's awesome. I've, I've been watching it on Netflix. What do you think about when they manifest comic books on television and in movies? Is it underserved or do they serve it some justice we're at a better time now where they're being represented a lot better because i used to watch some of the stuff that came out in the 90s and i was i've commented on it on facebook and i'm just like y'all we're really spoiled right now considering the technology that we have with special effects and costume design because i've seen some really terrible stuff from like david hasselhoff being nick fury (laughs) to um just some really like Dolph Lundgren was uh the Punisher at one point so it's been some terrible stuff but now it's a lot better and it's a lot easier for people to digest and everything so I think we shouldn't take it for granted as much as we as we do and but we should definitely enjoy everything that we that comes out and if you're a fan of something yes you can critique it like I critique Transformers to the day so like every time I see one I just cringe a little bit because I know what it could be (laughs) but it's just really just explosions and really a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> now, my, my, my other question, I'm really intrigued here. So if I am new to comic books, they are series, right? So do does it work like a soap opera where I can just pick up a book and know what's going on? Because I could watch Young and Restless today and figure out what's going on. Right. Does, the same, does it work the same with comic books or do you have to read all of them? No, it works the same as co- with comics because at the on a lot of the first pages, it will be like previously on this is what happened. It'll give you like a brief oh, bra- background and stuff okay. of what you missed and everything like that. You can always go back and read that stuff, but you don't have to. And that's the beauty about comics. Just like with TV shows, you can just jump right in. Mm-hmm. And if you miss something, you can always go back and read it and stuff like that. Sounds well, good. I know the times that I've been in your shop, I've, I've, I, I need to buy a comic. I've never bought comics, but I've, I have bought records. But there always seems to be like a collection of people, it, kind of a, you know, like a mismatch of personality. 
personalities, but this this bond, folks are really hanging out and uh, just, I don't know, kind of having a community around these comics and, yeah. and the offbeat culture you've got. Well, that's the thing that um, I definitely wanted to have with the shop, because when I went to record stores and comic book shops, you always meet people with like minds. And the thing that I noticed going to those shops were the lack of women and how they were treated in those shops. Because it was like, mm. my mom read comics and we go in there like, oh, you must want Wonder Woman. And she's like, no, I read X-Men. Like, mm. well, what are you talking about? I, I came for X-Men. <laughs> and it's um, it was a very sexist, sexist time. And I'm trying to break away from that mode. That's why I'm, I'm making everything really inclusive, trying to make everybody feel welcome. And no matter what you like and what you read, there's there's... You know, I wanted to be as community driven as possible, so nobody would be like, "Well, I didn't. I had a caught a bad vibe going mm-hmm. in there." Because I've been in record stores like that, and um, I don't want anybody to feel unwelcome. And when it's so, such a wide open community, because there's um, the feet. The, as far as with women in comics, there's not a lot of them, but the ones that do stuff are really good at it. And I want to encourage the next generation that come in and pick up these books and be like, oh, I want to do comics or I, I want to make music and stuff like that. Yeah, awesome. Offbeat is really, really warm, too. Um, before we let you go, someone has a question for you, Venom. This is Rolani in Hattiesburg. Good morning, Rolani. Hi, how Hi. are you today? Doing great. Great. I am wondering if you have an idea for um, a comic book and you already have uh, many, many drawings and strips done, where do you start? Um, there's a couple of things you can do. You can do, depending on your budget, you can go online and there's a couple of small press uh, companies that press up comics, single issues and stuff like that. So you can do like 32 pages. I don't know off the top of my head how much they cost, but I know it's really inexpensive because I had a couple of kids come in and they were teenagers and they've done it themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also just start out as a web series. So say you get a blog page and you scan those pages in and you have people read your comic weekly or monthly, depending on how long you um, make your your panels or your strips and stuff like that. So there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can do it and then you can build up and get donations, stuff like that. All right. Sounds good. Oh, I think she was asked. She had one more thing. Go ahead, Rolani. If you do it web... Uh, do you charge for that? Um, no, um, you can because it's a, it's a site called Patreon where people can subscribe to you and you can get donations through that. And that way you can you can release the strip early for the people that donate and then you release it a month later for people that don't. So that way people who really are enjoying your stuff, they can read it um, ahead of everybody else. All right. That sounds cool. That's great. Thank you, Rolani. We appreciate that question. Um, okay, Venom, so remind us once again what's happening at Offbeat. What time for Free Comic Book Day? Free Comic Book Day is tomorrow from 11 to 7, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And also we will be hosting Media's Closing Gallery for Kirksey Middle School um, from 12 to 2 p.m. And um, free comics for everybody, all ages. Kirksey Middle School stuff will be, you know, free. Um, the please support these kids' drawings because they're twenty five age, and the money goes to them. So support support their artwork, their talent, their hard work, and just come out have a good time. We also be having a costume contest, so we'll have one, at, at one o'clock and one thirty for kids and one for adults. Nice, <laughs> love it. <laughs> I've got to get me one. What do you wear? What's your costume? Um, I'm going as DJ Young Venom, so t shirt <laughs> and jeans. <laughs> All right, Venom. Thank you so much for being in today. We appreciate it. Thank you.
All right. And we're going to transition right now and uh, go to the phones. Angela McRae is on the line, and we're going to learn about the Mississippi Hispanic Association. Good morning to you, Angela. Thanks for being on today. Good morning. So, Angela, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know that Mississippi had a Hispanic association. Could you talk to us about how long the association uh, has been in operation in Mississippi and why you felt that there was a need for one? Okay, sure. Um, I'm currently actually the vice president of the Mississippi Hispanic Association. We are a nonprofit, and it was actually founded by my mother, Esperanza Velasquez, and her good friend Elsa Bowman, and along with others, 21 years ago. And there was a need, we felt, because we want to, we felt that it was important to support, promote cultural, educational activities in order to facilitate the integration of Hispanics coming into the, into Mississippi. We also want to awaken the concern and interest for the history and traditions and current issues regarding the Hispanic community here in Mississippi. So give us a little bit of the history of uh, Hispanics in Mississippi that the average person might not know. Mississippi has a 2% um, Hispanic population. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it's, it's, it's grown quite a bit. Um, I came here when I was seven years old, and I didn't speak English, and... I was probably the only Hispanic in my high school for many years. And um, I just understand the, the, the hardship of it. I mean, you don't you sit in a class and you don't understand anything. And there weren't any really programs available for children to catch up. Hmm. And so it's, um, so it's difficult for children that come to the states um and there are many people that have come to do jobs that really nobody wants to do there's farming jobs there's factory jobs and so that's where many people are located now uh with with your work with the mississippi hispanic association i mean would you say you're kind of like a a a first stop or a welcome home to a lot of um new people new hispanics to the state or um is this uh where someone who's new to mississippi might come to to find folks uh of their culture of their background yes we we try to have activities for people so that they can network with them we um actually we have used to have a festival Latino many years ago. You might remember uh, when Rapids on the Reservoir was there. We yes. had it for a good 10 years. We had a festival and it was a, a success. Uh, people from Texas, Alabama uh, would come. And we would have like a good 3,000 people come. Wow. Um, and so we don't do the festival anymore. There's another uh, identity that does that, but... We are actually this year we're doing our second annual 5K on October 14th uh, at the Old Trace Park in in Ridgeland, and we have we're planning a health a health fair, a Zumba class, a band, activities for kids, and it's a good way for businesses to know who we are what we're about and that sort of thing yeah and it's held around september 15th october 15th which is the 
um, it's when we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Okay, great. All right, uh, Angela, we appreciate you being on today. For for those who would like to know more about the Hispanic Association and where they can find resources, where can they go to reach you? You can go to the website, mshispanicassociation.org. We offer scholarships for children that are, or not children, um, students that may be going to college. Um, we also have a reading program for children, and so we, this is great. Thank you so much for having me because it really it's important for people to know that there are these things available for them. Yeah, absolutely. We agree. Well, thank you so much for being on, Angela. We really appreciate it, and, and good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay, it's time for a quick break. When we get back, we'll learn about Q on the Yazoo. Still to come, Deborah Hunter is going to call in with a pretty cool recipe uh, inspired by Cinco de Mayo. We love to hear from you this morning. If you have any questions or comments or if you want to tell us about any local events going on in your area this weekend, give us a call, 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464, or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent in studio with Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. And we're just talking about lots of things going on around the state this weekend. We'd love to hear from you. If there's a local event in your area you'd like to let us know about, call us at 877-MPB-RING. The number is 877-672-7464 or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. And we're going to go back to the phones. Danielle Morgan is on the line to talk with us about Q on the Yazoo. And it involves food, so I am instantly interested. <laughs> Good morning to you, Danielle. Thanks for being on. Good morning, ladies. Well, Danielle, you've got a, a busy weekend ahead of you. I think things get started today with Q on the Yazoo. You guys have been doing this event for quite some time now. What year is this? I believe this is the fifth year for Q on the Yazoo. Well, that's great. And now is this um, Q on the Yazoo, is this like a, a local festival or is it more of kind of a cooking competition? It is. It is a um, MBN, which is Memphis Barbecue Network sanctioned barbecue contest. So um, we have a lot of professional cooking teams here as well. But then we also have a um, patio division where you can, you know, you don't have to be a pro. You can still come um, enter several different categories and compete. That'll that contest kicks off tonight, and then the barbecue judging will be tomorrow. Oh, my God. Everybody thinks they know how to make the best barbecue. Oh, I have the best rub. I have the best seasoning. Do lots of people come out uh, and claim to be barbecue chef professionals? <laughs> of course, of course. It's um, I kind of grew up on the barbecue circuit. My aunts are all um, Memphis and May, Memphis Barbecue Network sanctioned judges. So it's, it's a really fun group of people. They love to have a good time, and it, it does get competitive. So... Um, it's a lot of fun. These barbecue contests are a great, um, great way to get out and 
get to know other people who are interested in cooking in Mississippi and um, enjoy the camaraderie that comes along with it. That's right, the camaraderie and the competition. Danielle, one of my favorite things about these barbecue contests are the names of the cooking teams. They're always pretty creative. Uh, do you know any names off the top of your head that you can share with us? Uh, I do not. I haven't seen the list of teams. We have about 35 teams signed up, I think. Wow. Um, but uh, I will say that the T-shirt theme this year is pretty cute. It's, um, uh, I like butts, and, I, and we can't deny a little play on some thermics a lot. Um, <laughs> I like big butts, and I can't deny. So that's a a pretty fun. They've been pretty popular. Uh, they've been selling all over town already. Well, that's great. Now, this year, uh, in addition to the barbecue cooking competition, you're introducing a few new events, a beer run, which sounds like something I'd be interested in. Um, <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> there's a whole hog motorcycle show. Tell us a little bit about ancillary activities for folks who are maybe not uh, firing up the coals. Absolutely. So the beer run is sponsored by Mitchell Distributing here at um, the Bud Light Beer Run. And what it is is they'll start downtown with the toast on um, Keesler Bridge, and then they will uh, take off and run down Grand Boulevard. It's a beautiful run. Have a beer at the Tallahatchie Bridge um, of Bobby Gentry fame. And then they'll run back downtown, and there'll be uh, first through third place winners for men and ladies and a best in show as well. It's, it's a two-mile total run. And um, I'm not sure how many beer you have to drink, but I think <laughs> three or four. So. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, uh, Danielle. Could you talk a little bit about the decision to have this event in downtown Greenwood? Uh, because most people, most cities would like for their downtown to be uh, thriving. So does this just help the, the atmosphere of Greenwood by having it in downtown? Absolutely. And this event is actually put on by Main Street Greenwood, which we are so fortunate to have an incredible Main Street program preserving and promoting our downtown. Brantley Snipes is our Main Street director, and this was her vision and her event that she's grown into a really spectacular event. And, you know, it's a it's a wonderful thing for Greenwood to have such a beautiful and, and well-preserved downtown. And events like this are part of the part of how we can do that. And um, this is how we raise money in order to do that. So they do a really good job. It brings a lot of people into Sierra downtown and what we're doing down here. And uh, that's a, a wonderful thing. Well, and uh, not to take too much away from Q on the Yazoo, the big event this weekend taking place uh, starting today on Friday through Saturday. Um, but, uh, Danielle, give folks a little bit of a sneak peek about your new linear park in downtown Greenwood. Yes, we're so thrilled. We have a new linear park on the old railroad track um, down on the south side of Greenwood that uh, runs along Carrollton Avenue and Johnston Streets. Um, it's a two-mile paved path. We also have a pavilion down there where we'll be having our farmer's market and hopefully can have some events, maybe some live music events and things downtown. So we're thrilled. The park is um just getting finished and opening up and we think it's going to bring a wonderful new space for for people in the community to enjoy well and speaking of um music and uh and greenwood greenwood zone and freeman and the garbage sons kick things off tonight at 6 p.m that's a really rocking band and then you've got a um a headliner everybody loves mustache the band mm. yes we're so excited this year um we sort of 
uh, grew the music part of Hugh on the Azu a little bit and um, went all in to get Mustache the band. They have a, a huge following in Mississippi. They are a 90s country band. So uh, as a friend of mine said, you either love 90s country or you're lying. So huh. <laughs> we're excited. We expect a lot of people to be here to enjoy them. Excellent. Well, remind everybody once again what time everything starts, where they need to be, and what they need to bring. Okay, so everything, actually, things are kicking off at lunch today. We have some food vendors down uh, downtown already ready to serve up lunch. So um, if you're in Greenwood today, come and do that. Uh, the music will start tonight at 6 o'clock um, with Ann Freeman and the Garbage Johns, as she mentioned. Mustache the Band will come on about 9.30, I believe. Um, and then tomorrow we'll have events all day starting in the morning. Um, the beer run starts at 10. The, the whole, whole hog motorcycle ride and show starts at 930. Um, they're going to go down Money Road and then display their bikes on Howard Street for everyone to see. So, um, events all day. We have a lot of live blues tomorrow during the day too. So, um, just come on downtown. Mitchell Distributing will be there selling cold beverages. So no need to bring a cooler or anything like that. You can bring a, a camping chair if you'd like one for the music, but of course, um, that's not necessary. But it's going to be beautiful weather and a beautiful day, and we look forward to seeing everyone in Greenwood. Excellent. Danielle, thank you so much for being on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Okay. Uh, before we go to Deborah Hunter, Jennifer is in Long Beach. She wants to talk about an event. Oh, and just as I was going to her, she hung up. Oh, Tragic. <laughs> we missed her Salamander Saturday. Yeah, I was excited to hear about that. Well, Jennifer, if you're still listening, there's some time for you to give us a call back. We'd like to hear about Salamander Saturday. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877-672-7464 or email next stop at mpbonline.org. But on the line with us, Deborah Hunter is the co-host of Deep South Dining, which airs Monday mornings at 9 on MPB Think Radio. It is produced by Jabba Chapman, who is operating our board this morning. Good morning to you, Deborah. Good morning, Sharita. Hi, ladies. How are you doing? Happy <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're doing great. Uh, so, Deborah, I know you're going to be preparing something. Your Facebook page drives me crazy. Deborah posts <laughs> all these pictures of this delicious food. I mean, <laughs> morning, noon, and night, this woman is cooking. So, uh, Deborah, tell us what Cinco de Mayo inspired dish are you preparing this week? Oh, my gosh, Sharita. What is not to love about Cinco de Mayo, right? I mean, just saying some of the words, it, it sounds festive, like, say, chimichanga. <laughs> say, I mean, it's I've had amazing. one of those. <laughs> Guacamole, tacos, I mean, tamales, it's just all fantastic. But one of the things that I'm going to be preparing for some friends this evening is one of my favorites, Sharita, and it's a simple corn salad. Anybody can do this, whether you're 2 or 92 it's really quick, really easy. All you need is some fresh corn or canned corn. You want to pan sear it a little bit, Sharita. I use butter because I'm a southern girl. You can use a little bit of olive oil if you want to. You need two cups of uh, grapes. Cherry grapes would be perfect. You want to cut them in half. You want a Vidalia onion. You want to finely chop that. A little bit of cilantro, probably about a half a cup. I use a sprig of mint because I like the freshness. You want one-fourth cup of virgin olive oil, Sharita. Like, there are obviously different kinds of virgins, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and then you've got uh, one lime, and you want to squeeze that. And then you've got some black beans, and I actually love them. But if you don't have black beans, because I'm from the South, 
black eyed peas work absolutely fantastic with this. Mm. And uh, in the recipe, you know, it tells you to drain the beans. I actually don't want to do that because I like the starchiness, that little heaviness that it adds to the salad. And then you want to simply uh, finish it off with a little bit of uh, cracked pepper and some sea salt. Toss that all up. It's real quick, real easy. Pull out those chips. I mean, it's absolutely perfect, uh, Sharita. The other thing that I'm going to be doing is a quick and easy queso. I mean, mm, everybody my favorite. loves queso. Oh, girl, yes. Um, and so what, what you need is a pound. Get your slow cooker because this is, I mean, this is something that's so simple. Pull your slow cooker out. You want to cube up a pound of cheese. I'm going to be using some white cheddar. And then we're going to get two cups of salsa. Uh, I'm going to use a cup of uh, Monterey Jack, Sharita. We're going to toss that all in. We're going to add in some uh, two cans of green chili peppers. Or, you know, you know, your green onions and your chili mixed together. They got them on sale at Kroger's right now. It's like um, 10 for 10. And then you've got um, two tablespoons of chili powder. You've got one half teaspoon of garlic and you're going to put that all in a slow cooker and let it cook down now if you're not going to use Velveeta which I never use Sharita I'm always using um, you know the other cheeses what you want to do to make sure that your cheese melts nice and evenly once you cube it up add just a tiny bit of milk in it and it'll give you a really nice creaminess to that cheese real quick real easy pull out those chips and you're good to go so you don't throw any meat in your queso, any uh, chorizo. <laughs> I was waiting for the, uh, yeah, for the sausage. <laughs> chorizo, I like very much. I love me, girl. So the, so the basis is the sauce. You can use ground beef. You can ground up some turkey if you want to. You can use some chicken. And I never add my shrimp actually to my dip. I always use them as a garnishment on top because what happens with shrimp, unlike those other meats, if you leave them in too long, uh, what happened is they start to toughen up a little bit. So I usually gr- uh, grill my shrimp charita, put the queso dip right on top of the chips, and then garnish it with my shrimp that way. But ask, girl, you know I'm a carnivore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. So corn salad and queso is what you're preparing for Seco de Mayo. Uh, Deborah, how can folks follow you on social media to see these delicious things you prepare? Oh, my goodness. Please follow me on Facebook at Cooking with Honey and Friends. And because I love people, just simply send me a friend request at Deborah Hunter. You'll see the MPB sign. The more, the merrier. All right. Thank you for being on, Deborah. We appreciate it. I'm going to stop by and get a plate later on, okay? <laughs> Girl, absolutely. I love you guys. Have a wonderful day. All right. You Thank too, you. Deborah. Thanks. Uh, really quickly, we're going to go to Robert in Lexington. Robert, we have about 15 seconds. Where's this fall festival? Oh, it's going to be in the big capital city of Holmes County, Lexington, Mississippi, starting at 2 o'clock, and it's going to have all that great stuff. She was just talking about making me hungry already. <laughs> and everything. Y'all done such a great job, and it's just a great privilege to be tuned in. I keep it locked every day. So, All right. Thank you, Robert. Come around to that great festival. In Lexington. Okay. Thank you, Robert. Keep it locked. I like that. <laughs> Thanks for being on, Mary Margaret. Java Chapman was our board operator, and my boss, Jason Klein, was making the calls for us. Love you know, that. We, we get things done around here. Uh, thanks, everybody, who called in and participated in the show. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy for Women is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.